I think the two most important qualities that you can have, like if you're listening to this and you're a young girl, is try and care. Like you can teach any other skills, but you can't teach someone to try and care. And I think that is what also kind of boils down to like taking responsibility. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. What's going on, podcast fam? Jill and I are coming to you today with a little different feel of a podcast episode. And realistically, it's going to be a podcast series that we're aptly naming Lessons from Leaders. The point of this new series is going to be to really highlight what adults in the workforce working for certain companies are lacking or lagging in skill area wise. So the things that we're teaching girls and their families in terms of social-emotional learning, aka emotional intelligence, street smarts, all of those things, we want to have more in-depth conversations around where adults are lacking those skills as well to highlight a theme that's going on in our society around the lack of teachings of social-emotional learning. So we're excited to bring you along with this new journey we're traversing and we're pumped for our first guest, which we'll introduce in just one second. But Jill, how are you feeling about this new series? I'm over here like snapping my fingers. I am doing high kicks in my chair. I'm thrilled. I really feel like our podcast has evolved to come to this series based off of what we teach our girls, but also the sheer excitement or need when parents also tell us, wait, we want to have these conversations. Like you're having incredible conversations with these girls. We wish we had conversations like this. And then the more speaking that we're doing with different organizations and companies, what we're seeing is that all people need to be practicing these competencies of social emotional learning. More people need to be aware more people need to work on their relationship skills and their social awareness, and not their, their self-awareness, right? Yeah. Um, and those light bulb moments really go off in the audience where people are like, wait, we don't really focus on our feelings. We focus on the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And there is obviously emphasis that needs to be put on that. However, in order to focus on doing work well, you have to focus on who you are in that work. So our guest today couldn't think of a better one to start this series with because not only do we have a Lululemon connection with her, I mean, 
so many of our guests have a Lululemon connection. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't be a Jill and Mary podcast without that. But she has since moved her career into HR. So she gets to have a lot of conversations, not only with people she's looking to place in jobs, but companies looking to hire around what soft skills these people are just completely missing. So if you're on the other side of this um, podcast and you're listening in, please put your hands together because Jackie, Jackie Koch is on the other end of our screen. And she also has a podcast. She's got a business um, in dealing with HR, in just helping companies really manage their employees. So, Jackie, welcome to What's the Lesson. We're so pumped to see your face on the other side of our screen today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this and what you guys are doing and how you're expanding. I think, yeah, I mean, I have so much to say about this topic and <laughs> so excited to offer my opinion and my experience and what I've seen and what I think we should do. So thank you for having me and thank you for teaching. I'm going to, I was going to say young girls, but thank you for teaching so many more people the importance of some of the relational personal development tools that are needed to like have a great life. So thank you for, for the work you're doing. It's an absolute honor, and we totally receive that. Jackie came to one of our summer camp series, so she really got to see us in action, which was cool because you can see it on Instagram. You can cruise our website. You can hear it through the grapevine. But I think the magic happens when you actually get to be um, integrated in the room with these girls and watching what they're doing because what she just alluded to, as much as it is for the girls, the volunteers got filled up in the same way around totally. the skills that we were touching on. So it was very cool, a cool experience to have her there and then to get to have this conversation because she knows exactly where we're coming from. So before we introduce a little bit more about what you're doing now, as opposed to back then, stretchy pants selling and whatnot, <laughs> what two lessons do you want our audience to know once this podcast ends today? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many lessons, but I think um, what the first would be that work is the perfect playground to practice all of the things that you're learning if you are into personal development. And I think so many times you wait until the perfect time for you to have that, to use that conversation tactic that you read about or heard about or talked about with your therapist and every day you show up to work and meet with people and it's the perfect playground to practice it. So I don't know if that's a lesson, but I do think that's a lesson. Uh, Absolutely. And I, so I think oh, yeah. I, we can we can get into that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And then second, second thing. The second thing is I think it's so important to remember that the soft skills matter, especially at work. And I think, you know, we live in this world where where for so long the focus was on technical skills and I think that has that has lost the soft skills and the social skills and then I think coming off the heels of COVID and now in a world of remote work, those are so, so, so important. And I think it's gonna be the skills, well, I know it's gonna be the skills that employers hire for in the future. So do your work to develop those, even if you're not going into an office every day or seeing people in real life find ways to make that happen oh god okay I mean, let's yeah. get into it <laughs> we hear that every day from parents right our girls have lost their light they don't want to communicate they don't want to hang out with friends they're nervous to go into social situations and it's like 
where are you giving them opportunities to practice? So yes, yes, and yes, we wrote those down. We will be diving directly into them. But will you now go into who you are and what you actually do? Yes. Well, I'm a Midwesterner, which is by far the most important thing I say. <laughs> Amen, honey. <laughs> so grew up in, in, in Minnesota and really built a career in HR and recruiting, did the whole, because of the podcast, I guess I'll share, you know, did the whole graduate from college, do what you're supposed to do thing, get a job, get married, buy a house, all of this stuff. And by the time I was 29, I was like, what the F? Like, this is it. Like, this is life. And I was not happy in in that that life. And so made some big changes, got divorced, which led to bankruptcy, foreclosing on my house. And I was like, hey, I always wanted to start my own business. Might have to move in with my fam- my parents anyways. So why don't we quit our job while we're at it and start our own thing? And so did that. And I was, you know, a personal trainer in the fitness world which then allowed me to work from anywhere. Um, first, I was in network marketing, so I could kind of work anywhere. And I moved to LA um, and chasing a boy who is still in my life right now. But uh, we know him. We love him. We approve of him. I love that you said chasing him because he is a crazy. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. But yeah. I'm still chasing him. But found myself li- living in LA, not knowing anyone, and to grow a network marketing business, I was like, I need to meet people. So where better to go was Lululemon. And so um, I started working there, quickly fell um, in love with the culture and everything it stands for and and so many things and moved into leadership and, and was there for a while and really... Oh, gosh, it, it made me fall back in love with the HR world. So prior, I had worked for a company where I laid people off for two years who were who had worked at the company longer than I had been alive. And it was very, very just not fun. And so I was like, I don't want to do this for a job. Yeah. Um, so started working at Lululemon and I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Fell in love with talent, the people side of the business and decided to take those skills out of a retail store and into ventured into the world of startups and um, worked in some tech startups in Los Angeles, building out recruiting and HR teams and all, was there for a while. And about two years ago, decided I wanted to start my own business, supporting smaller companies who don't need full-time HR help and need some strategic help, helping them as well as helping my peer group, who is a bunch of entrepreneurs who don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to the people side. Um, and so started, I created some courses, a podcast and, and stuff to help support them on educating them on that side of the business, um, while also helping them hire and, and actively like fill spots on their team. So that is a long winded approach to how I got there, but I do think kind of relevant for the sake of this combo. So decided Absolutely. to give you the full, the full, the spiel. full gamut. <laughs> yeah. Welcome the full. <laughs> and what's your business baby called? Yeah. So my business is called peopleprinciples.co, not .com. Someday I'll buy that. Um, and, but my podcast, am I allowed to swear on this? Yes. But, okay. Yes. Um, fucking A. <laughs> okay, great. Um, my podcast, I recently rebranded to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. And it's basically advice and tips on how to succeed when all of a sudden you're the one in charge. Um, and so those are that. Those are the two things. My, my business name is People Principles and then the podcast. I love it. And Jackie, this is so good. And I 
I feel like our common thread really lies at Lululemon or within Lululemon because for me, you had previous experience probably working in that world, uh, people and culture and talent acquisition, all of that was new to me, but I fell quickly in love with it. And I also saw when done correctly, how it elevated the business mm, so much. And I also saw when people didn't have those really powerful conversations or when people weren't seen or um, weren't developed, I also saw how the business tanked. So it was a very cool decade of my life because I learned from a ton of incredible leaders, um, good and bad, which then helped me find my leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And what I am so incredibly proud that Mary and I have adopted from Lululemon is that people first mentality. It is when you can see people and hear people and be with people, you're going to get crazy outcomes, whether you know them to be the result that you're looking for or just a, a great connection or maybe a, your next opportunity. And that's really what I'm excited about diving into your first point around allowing work to be your playground, mm. right? For me, going to Lululemon was really around the first time that I started dabbling in personal growth and development too. So it was a whole new opportunity because um, I went to my first Lululemon did landmark forum. I had done something called PSI, which is, I mean, from the work we do now and all the workshops and events we've gone to that are like full of love and fluff and soft arms to land in. Landmark and PSI are definitely a little bit more stiff, if you know, in terms of learning. They're not that. However, it was such a great starting point for me to understand yeah. like, oh, I'm in my own way. And then it was almost as if God was like, here, do PSI and then go work at Lululemon because it's going to continue to foster personal growth and development. So I also love this first point that work is a perfect playground. And it's unfortunate that people land in companies that where they do not necessarily feel like they can use it as their playground. Because, I mean, I had never worked at a company like Lululemon that said, if you don't want to work here forever, we understand, but we want to foster you as a person to learn these things, mm -hmm. to go on and do them. And when we go out into the community and we ask other people, it's like, well, have you ever done this? They're like, absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. So... How much of that responsibility lies on the company versus the person? So, oh my God, so good. I was waiting for, I was like, let me talk, let me talk, let me talk. Let me turn my turn every I think like, that, how do I want to go into this without it being a super diss on everyone? I think that, <laughs> well, back to your comment where you said a lot of people find themselves in workplaces that don't promote that. I think that's bullshit. I think that you show up, I think that people are not unwilling to take personal responsibility for creating what they want. Say it louder for the people in the band. Oh, I have a comment I will table in a moment. And I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I That's where I spend a bunch of my recruiting. And I hate it because it's nothing but a bunch of people complaining about their bosses and their employers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a cop out that people don't want to take responsibility and don't know how to. But I think it first comes down to the desire to take personal responsibility for all aspects of your life. And that includes work. Like your boss and your employer is not responsible for a lot of this. They're, they should help promote it. 
right? But at the end of the day, I think the first step is taking personal responsibility for creating the career you want, voicing what you want, voicing how like the opportunities you're looking for. And I don't think the world is full of shitty bosses. I think nobody intentionally starts like, I'm going to be a shitty boss and make my employees miserable. Like nobody does that. You're right. It's just, it's hard. It's a hard job. And I think for you as an employee who maybe is not in a leadership role, guess what? You are a leader. Ooh, amen. So here's, I don't here's what I here's what I want to say about that. When I was at Lululemon and I was I was the ideal employee. And I'm saying ideal in quotes because they told me to show up a certain way. I showed up a certain way. I said yes to opportunities. I I was doing the things for them to see me as the next promotable employee. And two other women got promotions over me. And I was devastated. I'm like, what? I cannot believe that I'm putting in the work. I'm showing up. I'm doing more. And you probably said I'm doing all this extra stuff. Oh, totally. And it wasn't until I had two of my bosses pull me aside and them recognizing, gosh, we're seeing so much growth in you. Is this something that you want because you haven't said it? And in that moment, it literally was like, if I don't say what I need, who's going to know that this is what I want? Mm -hmm. So from that moment on, you're right, Jackie. I was waiting for someone else to be like, wow, she's the next shining star. Look at her. She's going to lead the region. (laughs) She's going to do all these amazing things. But I wasn't advocating for myself. I didn't pull my boss aside and tell them what I want and what I'm working towards. And I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to be developed because I was waiting for them to tell me. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see other people get promoted and I was getting, I, I felt like I was being slighted. Okay. And just as a parallel, we see this with a lot of the sports teams we work with, right? The coach or the teammates promote a leader and a captain, and then that leader doesn't lead, but no one else steps up to the plate. Yep. So then the season crumbles and everyone's left feeling less than because now they're quote unquote losers, right? Yeah. And then they try out one person. And then they blame the captain. But what we really try to instill in them is what you just said. Everyone is a leader. Everyone has the chance to take personal responsibility for themselves. And I think how this shows up in the workplace, because I work with a lot of like great companies and I work with a lot of startups. And so these are fast growing, high growth companies, companies that every candidly, like lots of people want to go work for. Right. And I think that the people who do the best are the people who have that personal responsibility, raise their hand and really just, I, I wouldn't say like do the work before you get the job, but I think we are losing that a bit in in the people that are are coming up in the world. And so many people will be like, oh, it's boundaries. It's because I'm not going to work for free. And and I get that. There are definitely bosses that exploit things. However, for you to really show that you are ready and willing, sometimes it does mean going a little bit extra to make that happen. Right. Uh, and I, I, I don't I really hope we don't get to a world where that's no that's not expected because let me tell you i think the two most important qualities that you can have like if you're listening to this and you're a young girl is try and care like 
You can teach any other skills, but you can't teach someone to try and care. And I think that is what also kind of boils down to like taking responsibility as well. Well, and do you think it's because we live in a world that if you don't like something, it's like you can throw it out and get something new the next day or within 12 hours. It's like the microwave generation. Yeah. Yeah. So trying, it's like, yes, you have to try and then you have to care. And sometimes you can't give up during the process. Sometimes if it's worth it, you've got to like stick it out a little bit. It's got to get uncomfortable because also quitting like quitting when it gets hard also isn't the right thing to do either because we think the grass is greener. And what we all know, everything that you're quitting at this former job is going to show up again because you haven't dealt with it. Yep. Totally. Quiet totally. quitting. That's a what? new that's that a is... new term that I'm seeing all over that's TikTok. Quiet which quitting. You... It's been going on forever. Yeah. It's just coined a new it's thing just, now. Like, yeah. Like, that. it's well, just an unengaged in, like, workforce. It, and guess yeah. what? That's been going on forever. Decades. Well, what made me think of that is you saying, like, sometimes you have to put in a little bit more. And I'm hearing a lot around boundaries and personal time and, and, and. And it's like, man, the pendulum sure swings. It doesn't just, you know, shift from five to six. It literally swings from like one to 11. And what we're seeing, like our parents' generation, I mean, I know my grandpa worked in the same corporation for 50 years, climbed the corporate ladder, like was able to separate work and life. And we're just, we're not seeing that anymore. And yes, there are reasons and there are boundaries. And yes, make sure you feel seen and heard and loved. And you still have to work really hard. Exactly. And you can also set boundaries while not quiet quitting and taking responsibility. Like all of that is the same. Like it's not mutually, they're not mutually exclusive things. Like that's all part of it. So, so if if there was a listener listening in, say it's um, a mom who's also an employee and she's sitting there thinking, man, I wish my boss or my company would have more benefits around pouring into their people. So like the job would be a little more exciting. What advice would you would, would you give an employee around this conversation of taking personal responsibility and that employee, that mom is also a leader? What would you say around maybe companies who aren't Fostering that growth or like, yeah, culture and peace isn't like, you know, has some of these other ones, but they're yearning for that. Yeah. To maybe increase their employee retention or employee happiness. Totally. So if if you're listening and you are a leader, you have a couple people on your team that, you know, or, or maybe a lot of people on your team. I think that you can you if your company overall isn't doing it, you can start on just your team. Right. So I would say. I mean, there's so many things and I've recorded so many podcasts about this um, and the different types of tools. But well, I guess the first advice would be like, you go first, you do it first. And what that could could look like is maybe you all do some sort of a an assessment together, whether it's the Enneagram, the strengths finders, the there's there's a million the disc profile, like there's a bunch of different tools you can use. Maybe you have everyone read the book, the five appreciate the the five languages of appreciation, which is essentially the five love languages, but for the workplace, and then talk about it. Like, do something that creates a conversation with your team and be like, "Hey guys, like, 
I really want to work on this for myself. And I think it would be cool if we implemented this into our team. You know, this is what we're going to do. So you could start a book club. You could find an event to bring your team to. Like there's so many different things you could do to start to bring it in. You could do human design. Like there's a bunch of stuff you could do. But I think you can go first. Oh, this is the concept of us not asking you to do anything more. We're not asking you to throw anything else on your plate. But if you're not getting the results that you're seeking with the work that you're already doing, how do you elevate the work you're already doing to get the results that you're seeking? Mm-hmm. Like adding in reading, adding in and making people feel seen, heard and loved on your team. Right. Like there's ways to do that that then build their character and what what the results that they're looking to get right it sounds like it can be really small it can and it doesn't have to be like you're changing the company culture overnight it's it's the little acts exactly and if you're an employee listening to this frustrated that nobody at your company is doing this I have a harsh reality to share and it's that culture is a sum of what people are doing together So it's not your HR department doing something that creates your amazing culture. Like it's all of you co-creating something together. So you sitting back and be like, oh, well, they don't do anything for us. Like you're a part of why it sucks. (laughs) Uh, Like, hey, yes, you are. And I, yeah. And so now are there times where you like, I don't want to say you suck, but because like maybe you have brought it up and like. You've come up with ideas. You've been the willing participant and it doesn't go anywhere. Then, yeah, maybe if you go find a different place to work, but be the willing participant and be like, hey, boss, like I re- I was listening to a couple podcasts and I really think our business, our team could benefit from doing this book club together. Like, would you be willing to read this book with me and like talk about it? Or would you be willing to listen to this podcast? Would you be willing to can I lead or find somebody in the community to come in and talk to us about this Enneagram or or something like that? Like be the one to suggest it first and then be an active participant. Don't like, I don't know, culture is is what everyone does. And it's don't be be the people in the bleachers, like throwing the popcorn and the the soda at the the people on the stage. You have to, I love that you said it's the sum it's not just one department, one person, your boss. It's the sum of everybody, like, you know, being able to and to also like go back, like what you first said about playing. Like a lot of times we're so buttoned up that we we don't play at work. It's like, yeah, if we want to dress up for a Halloween costume and you think it's a dumb idea, just try it on anyway. Like, boost morale make people a ton of fun but right you know sometimes we we don't want to like be kid-like because it's an inconvenience or an annoyance but that's your time to play and i guarantee you if you're showing up this way at work i bet you're probably showing up in other areas which is influential and impactful to who you're around in your personal life aka your kids and just to add on to that, as two bosses, as two leaders in their own life, I can't, if somebody came to me with that suggestion, it wouldn't be like a hard no. I absolutely will not educate myself. I won't listen to a podcast. I won't read a book, right? Like that suggestion to me would make me stop in my tracks and say, whoa, absolutely. If it's not what you're suggesting, we can absolutely take a step towards what you're putting out there. Yeah. Like, why would you not? Um, and sometimes it's hard 
as a manager, like you have so many things on your plate that you want to do those things, but it's just like, it's another thing. And you're, and, and sometimes it's the best intentions. You're like, okay, I'll get to that next quarter. We'll do this next quarter. And if you have someone on your team who's like, hey, I'll champion this. Let's do it. I'll want to try. Yes. Like, you're like, yes, like I will pay automate, delegate, this. eliminate, give it to somebody else. Okay. And then I feel like that is a segue into your second point really well, like remembering that the soft skills matter. So giving people on your team, and for sticking with this theme, the ability to practice those soft skills, because not everything at work is about technical skills. And you're right. I, I can't imagine the pendulum swing that you've seen since COVID because obviously we've seen it as well, just in the youth side of things. Adults were kind of able to reconcile with the with the stop, the world yeah. stopped spinning. Like we could understand why, but kids, high schoolers, middle schoolers, not being able to prom, homecoming, sports, school, friends, none of that, that didn't compute in their brains and they missed out on really integral periods of growth and development. So we see it with them. However, adults are acting just the same, right? Not wanting to go back to work, not wanting to be in the office, like almost scared of human connection. So how how is that playing out in your business, in yeah. how you're helping recruit? I guess I'll start with a slightly different answer to your question, and then I'll go back to the recruiting side. But the way that it's showing up, I think a lot of times at work that I'm seeing is it's in communication. Right now, there are so many ways in which you could communicate with people. It's Slack. It's instant message. It's it's all of these non-personal modes of communication that I think that a lot of people are forgetting the power of being like, hey, can you jump on a quick call? And in their head, I mean, you're not going to say this. Maybe you would, but it's like, so I can see your body language. And also you can know that I'm not just being super harsh or so I can ask questions to understand. Like that's what goes on in my brain. And so then when you get on a video call with them, you can actually, it's not at the same as like a chemical body exchange, right? But you can still like see stuff and you can still pick up the phone and and it just reminds people that it's a human on the other end of that work and not a robot that doesn't have feelings. And so I think it can make what happens in this world of just digital communication is people get afraid to like ask hard questions or try things or it's just I think there's a lot a lot of a fear mentality that can show up because uh, they, they don't want to step on anyone's toes or offend someone. And so that's how I see. I mean, there's so many ways it shows up, but that's one big thing is it's the communication piece of it. That's the first well, part. But I'll stop I, before I keep going. What I'm hearing in this and Mary and I actually went and spoke to a mortgage company. They had their first summit back as a sales team. And they were like, we don't even know how this is going to go down because we haven't peopled in a while. And the we biggest, haven't in a while. <laughs> we haven't peopled in a while because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly to your point. They wanted people to get together because things have been so transactional and they yes. wanted people to build relationships, human to human connection by being in person. And sometimes that can't happen. But I think that that goes a lot further when you can not make every email or Slack channel or DM or whatever 
a transaction. It's how are you seeing that per like how are you taking a second to like really be with that person if it's going to be a hard conversation or not. And I love right. that you called it out because we need to be better at it. And I say totally as like a society. We, as a society. Well, even if it is a DM or a Discord or Slack or la 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 whatever the next big thing is, it's like how do you infuse your person into it? I would love to be on the receiving end of so many of Jill and I's emails because it's just us. Like we make sure to acknowledge the other person on the other end of the email as if they're actually standing in front of us because that is in everything we do, right? It's our character, substance, and style. We want to infuse it, whether it's an in-person interaction or not, to make them feel like they're an actual person. Yep. And so because much of that is lost. It feels like when we get something back that we're like, oh, they that person didn't even acknowledge. <laughs> totally. And I'm sure that wasn't their intention, but the impact made us feel that way when you yeah. could just, you know, prevent that with, totally. you know, jumping on the phone with them. So what I look for in recruiting and hiring, really, uh, it depends, but also it's always kind of the same. I think looking for people with a growth mindset is is super critical and I look for, right? Like, and it's in the way in which I ask, I'm a good interviewer. I wish I could give you pro like a hundred percent, like put my brain into to the listeners' brains of of how they interview. But I ask a lot of situational questions and I listen and I ask questions accordingly. So I don't just have a I mean, I have I have pre-written questions I ask, so I know that I hit on everything, but I actually listen to the answer and have a conversation and like dig in to to get into the meat of things. And what I think you'll find in doing so is a few different things. One, are they telling the truth? Did that really happen? Did it not? How did they respond to that situation? And then sometimes the the second question I ask, they'll answer it completely unrelated to the initial question. And you're like, you're not really listening, right? So I think that's part of it. Like it's it's how you ask and what you look for. And so Definitely look for growth mindset and what that entails is like, how have they come back from failure? How have they gotten over something that hasn't gone well? You know, those types of questions. Like, do they believe they can get better at something? Yes or no. Do they want to get better at stuff? You know, and not yes or no questions, but questions related to that. So so def it's in the types of interview questions I ask and the way that I do it. But I am also paying attention to how they respond to my emails. Like... Is their resume concise? Do they send a thank you note after our call? Do they not? Like all of those things really matter. Um, and I think the thank you email, it's not a hard no. Like if you don't send a thank you follow-up email, it's not a hard pass for me, but it is for a lot of my clients. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about if it should be a hard pass, but if I get one and it's thoughtful, it's a, a really good sign. Do they make eye contact on the call, on the video call? Are they aware of their surroundings, right? Like, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I, I worked from a one-bedroom apartment with my bed in my background the entire time, so I get it. But are you at least aware that I can't see your face at all because it's, right. you know, like, it, it's it's some of just those, those awareness pieces, I think, are the things I look for. That is one of the competencies. There's five competencies in social-emotional learning, and one of them is social awareness. Do you know how you're showing up? 
Um, and it's, I'm assuming Jill's laughing because we get on a lot of calls with girls, um, whether we're onboarding them into a one-on-one program or they just, they want to buy into us. So they want to get to know us first. They show up on their Zoom calls or their FaceTime calls and all we see is their forehead and the ceiling fan because they're terrified to show their face. And it literally, it is just their forehead. I can't even begin to tell you how many calls we've gotten on where we're just talking to somebody's forehead. And it's like, man, this is hard. And where are they, where are they learning the skills? They're not. They're being expected to know them, but they're not actually being taught them. Mm. So, yes. So, oh my gosh, we have to do another podcast episode. But there... I, there's this whole concept that like Mary, I think you're a little younger than me and Jill, but like we are the generation that is bridging that gap, right? Because we, we like, and I think it's so easy for us to like blow off. And I say this to to people all the time, like they get so frustrated by the younger generations. They don't know that. I'm like, who taught them? Who taught them? And teach them. I'm it. sorry. You were the one who literally had a phone in their face from the second they came out of the birth canal. What are they supposed to do? Exactly. They're so mad about it. And this is this. You said it perfectly. We're bridging the gap. And this is the light bulb moment for us. When we started speaking at different corporations, SEL, when we started preaching that and, and watching 70 year old men come up to us teary-eyed saying, I see so much of my daughter in you and where I lacked teaching her those skills. The work you're doing is incredible. The light bulb in both of our heads went off because it was like the girls have been the vehicle to teaching social emotional learning, but everyone could stand to get a lesson in it. Because we're responsible. We are. We are responsible for the next generation. (laughs) Personal responsibility for like creating a world in which you want to be a part of and that's all things in your life. But yeah, and I yeah. love, I mean, the whole point of like you going first, like you can do it. It doesn't matter if you're an employee or not. You are a leader. So be kind to the person that you're ordering a coffee from. Um, pick up trash. Like I love watching people walk over trash. I'm like social awareness. We are all seeing this garbage right in front of us. There are kids watching. Like show them that they also can do that in their own right. Just little Tiny send the thank you email. It goes a long way. And, you know, if anybody on the other end of this podcast is wondering if we send thank you follow up emails, we do. Jackie will get one in, I think, maybe 48 hours. Automate it. Like it could be a very simple process. Right. So perfect playground. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a working mom, whether you're a CEO dad, it doesn't matter. Use life as your playground to practice these skills. But if you're in the workforce, use your employees, your coworkers, your bosses to practice these skills. And it's not just about the bottom line. It's about seeing people first. And I think the last thing that I just want to remind everyone is I'm I'm thinking we're getting close to wrapping up is like, you're just in a relationship like work. I think gone are the days of like work stays at work, home stays at home. Like you are showing up in a relationship with the people and your with your coworkers. So don't forget that. It's just the same things that you're dealing with everywhere else in your life. And I, I bet you a million dollars that the majority of the time, if you're struggling in relationships at work, you're probably also struggling with similar things elsewhere in your life. So it's all just the same thing. You're just with different people doing different things throughout the day. 
Yeah, I love that you said that. That was a perfect way to end this conversation. And our call to action for you listeners is turning the mirror back onto yourself. Just we want to empower you. We're not here to judge you or to shame you. We're here to empower you to to go first. I believe it was the prophet Eric Clapton who said, take a look at yourself. (laughs) He was so wise. He was so wise in a lot of his songs, a couple of them. He was yelling at his wife and stuff. But (laughs) (laughs) take a look at yourself, really, because that's where it starts. And if you don't see it, then seek help. Like your mirror is just a little foggy because usually, I mean, in my experience, I won't speak for everyone. It's usually me. I'm usually the one in my own way of my own growth. And that prevents me from being able to practice. That prevents me from seeing people as who they are. And that prevents me from being the best me I could possibly be. Jackie, if our listeners want to find you or seek out your services, what do you got going on? Where can we find you? Yeah, for sure. So I think a great place would be on Instagram. It's People Principles people spelled normally and then principles is p-r-i-n-c-i-p-l-e-s not like the school not like a, a school principal exactly <laughs> website same thing peopleprinciples.co um and then my podcast is everywhere and i think that's where you get a lot of me just having these real conversations and hopefully you leave with tips and tricks um and that's oh shit i'm the boss now I love it. I do love it. The cover art's so cute. Check it out. We'll obviously put all of this in our show notes. And I do believe there was some great lessons derived from this conversation. So being that time is one of our greatest currencies, we appreciate yours. And we know our audience is going to get a lot out of not only this episode, but this series that we're going to start to do in general. So thanks for letting us experiment on you. Yeah. And until next time, everyone, enjoy, and we'll see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.